As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today's show is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with the advertisers that fit your audience. That's Podgo at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Podgo. That's where the pods go. Hello and welcome to the Infectious Group Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Recorded at the 33 and a 3rd Music Appreciation Center in Speakeasy, located just outside of Detroit, Michigan. The Infectious Group Podcast is your source for jammy jams, music news, and the best in-depth music discussion. Thanks for joining us. Now here are your hosts. Hello, it's Russ along with Michelle and Kyle, and this episode is so nice we're recording it twice. This is, uh, this is, uh, it was nice. It was nice. Um, no matter what happens during this episode, I'm going to be like, man, the one yesterday, that was a great point. I wish you could remember it now, you know. But yeah, we had technical issues, and by way of a long story, not only uh, were the three of us able to get back together and do this in a bench, but we have with us a friend of the show, Joe, who appeared during season one on our show and then loved it so much that he ran out and got his own podcast. What? Not true at all. <laughs> he didn't love it. <laughs> he doesn't want to be here now. Um, he doesn't even want to be on the show he's on. Uh, but they There's have, the door. So Joe is on uh, a Star Trek podcast, which has either the best or the second best name by a sliver for any podcast that I've ever heard of. The the one that is close to yours in uh, how much I love the name of it is the uh, BTFYW podcast, which is because F you, that's why. Like I, I, I just love... They're on the iPods Media Network as well, and I just... I just love that, which is, I'll get into it in a minute, but we got that celebrity endorsement video, and that's my favorite name that he says. <laughs> like, right on. But more just, than ours? So, uh, more than ours. What do you mean? The name of our show? No, more than, you love that more than when he oh, says no, ours? No, I was super excited when he said ours. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought it was funny watching that come out of <laughs> uh, a celebrity's mouth. I'm not even sure if y'all are going to get this joke of Joe's. Uh, d- oh, I d- absolutely d- do not. Yeah. It's, so, his podcast, uh, which is based on Star Trek, is called Keeping Up with the Cardassians. <laughs> Now, for those of you not in the room, uh, there a tumbleweed just rolled in front of Michelle. <laughs> Did you say nerd? The short version is 
there's a there's a there's a race uh, oh, in, in Star Trek lore. It's a race called the Cardassians, and I was just as soon as I saw the name of that podcast, I was just like brilliant. And you you named it, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's genius. Right. That's all, that's Joe. Funny. Everyone. So uh, if you're into Star Trek at all, which is funny, uh, hey Joe, how into Star Trek are you? Uh, now I'm very into Star Trek, <laughs> but uh, no. Before getting into the show, uh, tell us about all. your long storied history with Star Trek before getting into the show. Done. <laughs> that was it. That's it. No, yeah. I, I hadn't seen anything Star Trek related. And a friend of mine who was doing it, uh, his name's Rob, the other host is Nick, and they were doing the show, watching Deep Space Nine from start to finish, doing reviews. And Rob wanted to get my opinion on the show. He's been trying to get me to watch it for a while, but I had no incentive and I just. <laughs> Don't, right. I don't watch a lot of It took me like a year and a half to, to watch uh, the newsroom. It did. Yeah. But I then just, when he watched it, he burned through it in like a week. Yep. So I, I just never got around to it. And he offered me again uh, to watch it over the podcast. And uh, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? And, th- and then you gave them the gift of the best podcast name yeah. ever. So, like, I, for real, if I wasn't even interested in Star Trek, I would follow that show mm-hmm. based on the name alone. Like, we've retweeted them a bunch of times, and I've always been like, check out the name of these guys. And <laughs> people are like, I'm going to follow them right now, you know, because of that. So, uh, so having said that, we are going to get through our main topic, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The way I figure it is uh, the three of us will just restate a lot of the things that we said yesterday during our discussion, and we'll uh, let Joe get involved, and then if he says something, we don't like the three of us. We'll just gang up on them. Isn't that what happened last time? That's more yeah. or less what. So we're having a discussion the way over here. Joe's only been on the show once. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This mm-hmm. is his second appearance. I be- oh, I believe he's our first two timer as well. I tried to tell you this. Oh, I don't believe you. Well, do you think he was on several times? Well, Beckett said that he was here when when Joe was here. Nope, that's lies. And that <laughs> so and that Kyle was, was not she, here. She she believed an eight year old over over me. Well, let me say it depends on the topic. <laughs> as a regular listener, I can guarantee that she knows nothing about what happens. Like <laughs> she, I could have been on the show every week, and she'd been like, "It's the first time here." Huh? <laughs> I've never met you before. Nice to meet you, Joe. Nice to meet you. Solid. Uh, oh, yeah. Other cool things that happened to us this week is we had yet another YouTube video on Thursday, as we always do. So if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, go to YouTube, type in Infectious Group Podcast, and subscribe to that. Every Thursday we will have a new video. But this past week we had two videos because on Wednesday we were able to put up a celebrity endorsement, which was rad. Uh, I didn't even know that this was in the works for our network. But if you go to our page, you can see the one and only Kevin. Kevin Smith go silent and, Bob. yeah well you know, silent Bob sure <laughs> and then also he's Kevin Smith yes for, you know director of many many famous movies and he as he says in the video if you go watch it like he's one of those guys where he's kind of an authority on podcasts you know like he's known for his podcasting so when he makes a recommendation people tend to listen to it and uh, he recommended not only the iPods media network but the infectious group podcast which is that's us sweet that is a, that's good. <laughs> it's, it's very good Michelle see she knows things, Joe. Yeah, I was wrong again. Sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait, wait, what? She got lost already. <laughs> so uh, having said that, we're going to go through a couple of different uh, segments, and we're bringing back an old segment from season one. Feedback, Joe. Don't worry about that. Right. 
Where would rock and roll be without feedback, David Gilmore? And uh, he did not personally make that drop for us, by the way. That's from an old Pink Floyd film. I just want to make sure you guys knew that, that I didn't contact <laughs> David Gilmore. <laughs> Why not? Uh, he's, we're on the outs right now. He, he is busy. I'm mad at him over the new Pink Floyd remix and remaster, uh, which, Joe, oh, yeah, it's got awful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, which, by the way, we often talk about sometimes we want to do a, our not our Jamie Jam section. That is not my Jamie Jam, the latest no. uh, Pink Floyd remix and reissue. Last time when you had me listen to it, I, I heard the Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby, and you're like, this song goes, do 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 and this one goes, and I was like, okay. I was, I was in the record store the other day, and I was explaining it to the owner, and I could see the entire time him being like, that's nice, that's nice for you. Like, you know, the whole time I was talking, I could see him being like, that's nice for you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for, he's like, you gave, you gave me the 70 bucks for it, though, right? All right, our, our part is done here. <laughs> so, anyways, as far as feedback goes for the week, one thing, uh, when we did the original version of the episode, I didn't mention it all the way to the end, and I felt uh, really bad because we got one of the best pieces, or probably the best piece of feedback I think we've got about the show uh, since we started was there was a, a listener who tweeted at us sometime during the week, and his tweet read, listening to the Infectious Crew podcast makes me appreciate music, which is like exactly what we started out to do. Yeah, we're done mm-hmm. here now. Was, we, well, we did it. Well, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we reached one person, so we're good. But uh, we do, we get a lot of compliments on the show that I don't take for granted at all. Like, oh, the chemistry between you guys is great, or like, oh, I, uh, I talk back to the show all the time, which is like, you know, what you're going for is people to feel engaged. But like someone flat out saying that just listening to us talk makes them appreciate music more. Like if I went back and listened to our first episode, I'm pretty sure I said that was the goal during the first episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really excited about that. Now, as far as last week's topic, oh boy, did we get some feedback <laughs> as far as uh, technology and music. And the one most unique thing that I wanted to point out was somebody tweeted it as something that I didn't even think of that's a huge plus in music and technology is now with like YouTube and stuff like even Rocksmith and like uh, the, the Guitar Hero games and stuff, people can learn songs way easier now than they ever could before. Yeah, Like yeah. you Whatever you want to learn on whatever instrument you want to learn it, you don't even have to have your computer. You can go to your phone, bring up YouTube and this song on this instrument, and someone has made a YouTube video explaining exactly how to how to learn that. So, And the person that brought it up to us on Twitter brought up Rocksmith, which was like a super great game that didn't get the love that it should have got, really. But it was like Guitar Hero, but you used a real guitar. And there was a oh, USB interface awesome. with it. And so... It, you could put it on if you already knew how to play the songs you could put it on expert and like go right through but the way it started out was it would basically be just like rock band where the the colors would come down the stream or whatever else but it actually equated to where you would put your fingers on a real guitar and the better you got at the song the more parts of the song it would add so you go through the song three or four times and then actually be playing the song for real which was sweet. And so the guy was like, I learned so many songs playing that. I was like, hell yeah, so I think the, me too. The reason that didn't take off was because everyone had to own a guitar in order to play it. Well, they even had bundles versions. Oh, like came with like a it was more or less a real guitar, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean it was like an Epiphone. Yeah. I mean, but more more or less, it, was, it wasn't the buttons you're pushing on. No, yeah, it was a real it was guitar game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if you already had your own guitar, because it can, was regular yeah, jack. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, it was rad. Yeah. It was real rad. And I, I, have- I learned three or four songs that I never never even thought I would play from that. Do they have the version for the flute? 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Fl- flute Smith. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, much like the Beatles rock band is more or less the expansion that killed the genre. Uh, flute Smith is what killed Rocksmith. Once they, once they put that out, everybody that's, said. That's for sure. Yeah. They said they, they you've just jumped the shark now. <laughs> they couldn't have a whole game full of, uh, Jethro Tull songs. So. They, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> They just got rid of it. So anyways, that was cool. And then uh, a lot of different feedback about technology and music. My favorite one was Short and Sweet from Chris A. on Facebook. Uh, Without George Martin, the Beatles becomes Yoko Ono, uh, which is is true. That's the quality control aspect that Kyle and I were talking about. Like, Thriller's a masterpiece, and yes, Michael Jackson's a genius, but maybe Thriller is bloated and the wrong songs go on it if Quincy's not there to go, no, M- Michael, this needs to be this, this, and this, right? So th- with people sitting around making their own music, there's no quality control anymore. And if you, just because you wrote 37 songs in your bedroom doesn't mean that those are 37 good songs. And of course, your friends and family are going to be like, those are great, right? you know? And so there's no quality control. Uh, Jamie P wrote a really big long, like if you, if you're, if you're on our Facebook page, go take a look at what he wrote. Cause it's really good and in, in, in detail, but I kind of pulled out some, uh, some highlights from it. One of the accessible uh, upsides to the music and technology is what we talked about in depth is the, uh, accessibility. And the phrase he used is something I didn't even, it really puts it in perspective for you. Like we have access to several lifetimes worth of music just on our phones. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like a, a huge thing when you think about it. But again, because of digital recording and whatnot, there's not really any stakes for the artist anymore. Like there's no, everything now is, well, we'll just fix it in Pro Tools later. As opposed to when people recorded analog, they had to get it right the first time and there was probably more passion in it. You know, so there was that. But he closed his whole statement out with, um, and get off my lawn. So, <laughs> so uh, that'll give you an idea of where he went with all of that. Like he was very self-aware when he uh, left that. And then there was another gentleman on a music forum who said along the lines of like where we're going, even the people now who are mixing and mastering things analog, like a Jack White, you know, or, or people that we discussed that still do things that way. Maybe they won't even put the time and care into the craft like they used to because the listeners aren't listening as intently as they used to. So there's definitely some worry, but then a lot of people pointed out how much we gain from technology and music. Like so. you can plug in your stereo. <laughs> like, like so, hey, you can plug in your turntable to your soundbar. <laughs> If you try hard enough and put the volume at the right level. <laughs> volume. It's a, it's a whole thing. We're, we're going to explain it to Michelle again after the show. So our, Technology hey, eludes me, okay? That is Wait, the, that's the most factual thing you've ever said. Wasn't there uh, some sort of negative? Ah, uh, uh, there was. I left it out. Oh, this one. But no, you know what? I'll, I'll, we'll go there. Uh, we had the only um, jerk. On Twitter, I will uh, censor myself. I was, was going to call him a wiener. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, a person who doesn't even listen to the show, doesn't even follow the show on social media, uh, interjected and said, oh, of course, technology's helped music because, you know, if you're not listening to everything on, you know, uh, stringed or woodwind instruments, then, you know, technology helped. Well, yeah, we weren't talking about if power didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that was, it's taken completely out of context yeah. of what we were talking so, about. It, but, but Twitter going Twitter. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? You should uh, listen to the episode first and then come at me, bro. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my thing. And that, well, we went back and forth three or four times and, uh, I, I did what I like is the, uh, passive aggressive troll where, um, I kept shutting him down and then ending each tweet with a smiley face. 
you know, just to make it more mad. <laughs> I like it. But for the people that did listen to the episode, we got a lot of good feedback. So by all means, if you have any feedback on that episode, this one or anything, uh, interact with us pretty much anywhere on the internet now. Infectiousgrouppodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or dark web? Facebook. We all, yeah, well, Michelle's on the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. The person who can't figure out uh, technology is sure on the dark web. For a sure. A lot, lot, lot of DNA from her basement is <laughs> for sale on the dark net. Dark web. Uh, hey, Michelle, speak of your DNA. <laughs> what a great segue. I heard you, I heard you have an announcement to share with all of us and the listeners. We, Kyle and I. I was going to say, <laughs> please clarify. When you say we. I'm so glad I'm here for this one. We're having a baby. <laughs> a baby. So. A tiny baby. The uh, the quarantine has yielded. Another, yeah. We did not socially distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys. Yeah, it's not when you announce it on uh, social media. It's a social distancing now, yeah. <laughs> which is great. Uh, when is the uh, bundle of joy? I was loosely the second using coming. That term. I think you said. Uh, what's that? You said like the second coming. Oh or... no, no, yeah. no, you have that wrong. <laughs> So, I think he said the rapture. <laughs> yeah, the, ap- the apocalypse is closely associated with the second coming. Wait, are you actually having the fourth horseman? Yes. <laughs> that, yes. Wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. So uh, when, when are we looking at this uh, this baby coming? June 14th. Sweet. So if Michelle ends up on bed rest between now and then, she's just going to be on uh, Facebook Messenger on audio again <laughs> for the show. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And then your camera will get higher and higher as the belly gets bigger because the laptop will be sitting yeah, and you promised me a ring light? Uh, yes, I, yes, and I will, I will make sure that you have a ring light. You know we don't video this show, right? Or do you want it? I just want it. Just for your own beautification. Yes. Solid. Uh, all right. So that is fantastic news. So if you follow us on any social media or anything, uh, make sure to say congratulations to Michelle or oops or, uh, or, or damn it. Like whatever your feelings, share your feelings with us. We'll pass the talking stick around and everyone share your feelings on how you feel. So let's move, let's move along to hopefully better news. Than Shut that. up. <laughs> Music news. Kyle, what's going on? There is a new uh, Taylor Swift documentary. Yay. And I'm, <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. No, I, I said that the worst I could. I meant, yay. Like, more upbeat. Because I'm hoping I'll like this one any more than the last one. I did not like the last one. I didn't mind the last one, but I don't know. I, I wasn't looking at it as critically as you were, I guess. Oh, well, but. that's me. That's, that's, that's <laughs> well, me. I haven't seen either, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last one had a lot to do with her issues with stardom and the press and the thing that happened with Kanye and all that. And a lot of it for me was like, you know, if you stop talking about it, all those things will go away, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, I, if there's a list of people on earth who have things to complain about, for me personally, if I get to rank that list, Taylor Swift is very low on that list of, of people who should get to complain about things. So I, I, I was put off by it. But this new one that's on Disney Plus is supposed to be the album Folklore, which at least you two have heard. And mm-hmm. Have you heard Folklore yet, Joe? Yeah, I've, I've heard. heard really good things about it. Like, they were the first ones to tell me it was great. It, I think It's pretty did. good. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the best start to finish Taylor Swift album since, since 1989. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, as I say, please say since 89. Like if you say like reputation, I'm going to be like, all right, well, I'm really not going to like this. <laughs> um, but they recorded that record distanced. Like uh, everybody recorded their own parts uh, in their own home studios. And the documentary that's on Disney Plus is uh, the first time they've all sat together to play the songs. Everybody that was on the record. Oh, uh, okay. And it's the whole album straight through. Hmm. So I, I yeah, so. I think uh, Bon Iver's on the album, and I had yeah. no idea that it was him because he sounds so different than what he normally does on his. And uh, own Jack work. Antonoff is on it too, which I I think means fun is completely over the band fun because every time it's been over. Well, every time they mention, well, they used to say Jack Antonoff of uh, fun and bleachers. And now it's always just of bleachers. Mm. So, uh, like, I have a feeling like we're... Why? I don't know. Why. I think stardom was the thing. I think as soon as fun nights... Some, fun nights. Some nights... <laughs> fun fun sun nights. Uh, I believe when that blew up as big as it did, I just think the pressure of all of it is... I think they were just like, all right, we're out. God damn it. I mean, I, I haven't spoken to any of the three of them about it. Uh, but when Would I you do... get on that? When I do, I'll update you. I guess if you're not prepared for something like that, then that shit will just destroy you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So Isn't at least... Point? To destroy you? No, to be, be famous, to... Get something like isn't that what you do that for? You know, and you're never going to believe this, but a lot of artists have struggled with getting famous because you know there's a normal person before that album comes out, and then all of a sudden it comes out, and then holy shit, this is the greatest thing we've ever heard, and then now they have to live up to that. And I understand, but that's the point. That's why you do that. Oh, it's, all it right. Really well, well hey everybody, just <laughs> if you, if you, suck if you, it up. Hey, if you're deal here, with it. If you're yep. here, if you're hearing this and you're an artist, just take Michelle's advice. <laughs> just, just don't, yeah, no biggie, no biggie. Having a hard day? Too bad you're famous. Get over it. You know what? Oh man. Oh, so like you know, every podcast out there, of course, hopes they get big, right? I hope we get big just so I can play this audio over and over in the future. Like when, well, like, that's to say that the audio works. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't even we don't, we don't even know if this. This is being recorded, right? So that's what I'm saying. Joke could be on you. Uh, so, anyways, what else happened? There was at least one other music. Oh uh, yeah, Stevie Nicks done made her a boatload of cash. She sure did. Um, what did she do? She she sold a large percentage of her um, music rights to a large conglomerate company who buys music rights from people. This woman <laughs> sold eighty percent of her music rights and made a hundred million dollars. I mean, yes, you know, uh, yeah, all day. All day, every day, especially at that age, you know, like if you're, and I, I, someone's gonna crucify me for it's keep saying music rights, but it's just the publishing, right? It's well, not, yeah, I, it's not the entire, the entirety of everything that happened. Well, it's not all of it. It's the, just the publishing. Let me tell you why I side with you just saying music rights. Yeah, like yeah. how what that means to anyone listening to this show is like now landslide's gonna be in a Cadillac commercial, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, whereas yeah. before it might not have been. Yes. Basically, what she sold is the right to decide that. So uh, dreams could end up in a Snapple commercial because of the guy with TikTok or whatever else, and she won't have a say in that any longer. It's ocean spray. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was just saying that because it's easier. It makes more sense. Right. Like, yeah, right I know right. someone's going to be like, that's not true. <laughs> the, that one, didn't happen. the one guy from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one this guy the from one Twitter is going to come back to Hot Kyle. But as far as that goes, though, I, you know, I don't want to say you know, everybody's doing it, so that's okay. But like more and more artists are doing this. And my thing with Stevie Nicks specifically is that she has nothing left to prove. Like, yeah, I don't have I, I agree. any problem with Stevie Nicks selling off, you know, publishing rights. You know, I mean, she's up there in age and she's proven everything she needs to prove as a songwriter. 
You know, like I, I don't, I don't have any problem. I don't think there's any integrity issues there is what I'm trying to say. Uh, now we just talked about fun. Like if fun, you know, 10 minutes after some nights blew up, you know, if they were like, Oh, we sold our publishing rights. I would be like, damn it. Like, that's what you got into this for is that the paycheck, you know, I'd be mad at that. Isn't that why you do that? No, Michelle. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this one time there was, there was a gentleman from Southern California who put his heart and soul into this complete masterpiece, uh, not for the money or the fame. And it ended up uh, being called uh, pet sounds and it was totally and universally praised by everyone on earth, but you. So guess what we got in the mail the other day, pet sounds, the, Better album, Dermot Kennedy. Oh, all right. Well, moving right along. <laughs> Our jammies. Like I do whenever that name comes up, I just move right along. So we're going to talk about our jammy jams, which uh, you're going to never believe uh, is not and never was and never will be Dermot Kennedy for me. Now you're just doing it out of spite. Now I'm doing it absolutely out of spite. Uh, for me, I had four jammy jams this week that could not have been more different. And uh, what's funny is when we recorded this episode yesterday, uh, I was referring to like, oh, we just played the song the other night. And now Joe sitting here, who was involved in the playing of the songs the other night, uh, one was, and I told you this when it was happening hey yeah uh, by outcast yeah i this whole week i just can't get that song like the entire week whenever just uh, you know making a sandwich on tuesday i'll one two three four <laughs> like just in my head for no reason what kind of sandwich uh, just an example michelle <laughs> it's just just an example you just got me excited uh, about a sandwich yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just all week long for no reason i've had that and then randomly uh the record got pulled to play on friday night and i was like yes you know because I'm, I'm dying to hear this song you know uh hollow notes you make my dreams <laughs> you make up my, <laughs> my dreams which i got stuck in my head because of you sending me a tiktok where they were uh joking about it was a tiktok with like uh in the recording studio for uh hall notes mm-hmm. and the guy's like uh daryl hall are you sure it's not you make my dreams and he's like no i got it no he's like all right roll and it's like you make my dreams you know so that killed me and then You're welcome it was like probably gonna get out of my head and then the next day uh i was listening to the casey case and found down and he played it so i was like all right well now, that, like now this is stuck in my head uh the other one was we were talking last week about me getting poison's greatest hits on vinyl and i got it and i was super excited and of course it's got everything and if you're a poison fan it's got everything that you would want to be on a Poison's Greatest Hits, but the best thing about it for me is the last two songs on it are they were put on Poison's Greatest Hits at the time uh, as two unreleased songs because they were from a full record that but hadn't come out yet, mm-hmm. right? And one of those songs is called Sexual Thing, and it, in my opinion, it's hands down the best song Poison will ever record. Again, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, why is he saying Poison's great? I'm not saying Poison themselves are great. I love them, but I totally see how a lot of people wouldn't, but everything that you come to Poison for in a song is all done the best they've ever done it in this one song. Do they talk about sex? Uh, believe it or not, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, yes, they do. Uh, but Joe, like you just heard it for the first time the other night, and like 30 seconds into the song, you were like, this is the best Poison song I've ever yeah, heard. There were, I think, three new Poison songs I heard on Friday. Yeah, yeah. All three were rad. Yeah, the other two are like, um, I would say like mid-level or whatever, but like the one, that one is just it's like the best song they've ever done. I think it's better than, I actually, when we put the record on, I said to him, this this song is even better than Nothing But A Good Time or Talk Dirty To Me, and he was like, mm. and then he heard it, and he was like, oh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 this is better than that. And then the other one that's been stuck in my head is a really like odd Alanis Morissette song that I've had stuck in my head called Everything. And when we recorded this yesterday, you guys didn't know what song I was talking about, and you probably still don't. Uh, yeah, because I was going to listen to it when I put it on the playlist, and then I didn't. Yeah, which will hopefully happen later today. <laughs> uh, but do you know that song by name, Joe, uh, Everything by Alanis? 
Because when we talked about it yesterday, it, it, it's as soon as you hear it, you'll go, "Oh, I know that song." Yeah, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't know it by its title. Yeah, you'll you'll know it as soon as you. If hear you go it. and listen to the playlist tomorrow, you can hear it. Yeah, if you listen to the playlist, you'll hear it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so those four were mine, and then uh, in this, it was, I was totally like, I know Kyle and Michelle had good jammy jams, but I can't remember what they were. So, what were your jammy? I jams actually style? forgot one of mine. I can't, I don't know what it was, but well, maybe uh, I'll remember while we're talking. <laughs> uh, most of what I was listening to was Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. Um, that's right. Everything. Uh, what do they have? Three albums, I think. I all three. I just all the Fire. way through. Just anything that I could. I couldn't listen to them enough. Yeah, uh, is where I was at. And we were talking about that. Like now that Joe's here, we were like four or five years ago or so. Somebody, an old friend from high school, saw them uh, at a small place in L.A. And like the next morning, was like, "Dude, you got to hear this band." And then I turned around to everybody I know and was yeah. like, "Dude, you got to hear this band." Yeah, that, they're, they're, they're fantastic. On, they're on my list of. When the the run is over, like I've got, I've not seen them in person yet. Yeah, and they, I, I, yeah, I would love to go see. It's them. just fantastic soul I've got music. A confession. Uh, I got a nut. Go. <laughs> yes, yes, I saw the meme you sent me about uh, Dave Grohl. They're not my jam. Okay, why? Um, so like. I was like, this could be my jam. And then I started listening to them more. Hold on. I was like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. And now I notice that every time they come up on Spotify, I skip it. I'm like, what is this? And oh, I don't like no. it. I don't know. I think it's his voice. You know, you, you, you know, the last band you said that to me about that they're not your jam and you skip them on Spotify and it's because of his voice. Like you said, all of those things about, yeah. and uh, we're about to get real offended here. Uh, Dawes. Jo- oh yeah. The, no, that is absolutely band. true about Dawes. Yep. Yeah. She literally was like, I want to like Dawes, but I can't. Like, <laughs> I, I skip them when they come on Spotify and then she was like I think it's because of his voice I feel personally attacked <laughs> <laughs> I waited until you were here to, to say all to that to me the, the lead singer of St. Paul and the Broken Bones sounds like Sam Smith I don't know why it, he sounds like it and it's it's I don't know I like it like, uh, lyrically it, I like it I like the music I like the horns and, yeah, and everything it's, it's just there's something about it that rubs me the wrong man. way it's good uh, for, for anybody listening if you haven't heard them yet I would say it's more it's it's along the lines of like uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats uh, major label debut like with mm-hmm. uh, Son of a Bitch and, and all that it's like along those lines yeah, yeah, so good for everyone else and then there, so there was that and then there was uh Higher Truth by Chris Cornell. Um, oh, that's right. Yep. But so specifically, I mentioned Josephine because that is a goddamn jam. Um, and then there was another one that was floating in the air right now that I cannot remember what I mentioned. Uh, there was three things that I mentioned that I don't know what was they the were. The third one when you after I went. Mine the third and... one was the Josephine that I mentioned later on uh, when I came yeah. back, but I don't know what the well, second one was. If, if Kyle's tradition holds uh, true, <laughs> we're going to be halfway through the second half. He's going to be yeah, like, I "Wait, remember. I remember." Yes, it. yes, yes, yes. So uh, let's go over to our guest Joe because I mean you got to save the best for last. Uh, Joe, what are your Jamie gems? I got a few. Uh, Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. Yeah, you mentioned Jam. that earlier. In the I week. just. It's been on repeat almost mm-hmm. every hour or so. I'll just put it on. Well, I, need uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on your last uh, appearance on the show. What What was your record for Lights by Journey? An entire day. Yeah, like an entire work day? He yeah. put Lights it, by Journey on at work and literally repeated that one track for the entire work day? Yep. Have you done that with Sultans of Swing yet? I'm getting real close. <laughs> it's 2020, so I work from home. Right. But if I, it's it's in that category. Yeah, like it's, I could, a, it's such a jam. It doesn't even lead lyrics. I can just listen to the groove over and over and over. Mm -hmm. What else you got? Uh, Jack Johnson has a new song. What? Moving on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You talk about not my jam. Damn it. I I can Uh, only think. Curious George? Yes, I can only think of Curious George when I think of Jack Johnson. Upside Down. uh, The song Upside Down. Damn it, yes. And uh, his cover of We Are Going to Be Friends. Yeah, that's Uh, that's a household favorite. What does that have to do with the monkey? Michelle's lost again. The movie Curious George? 
that he did the entire soundtrack for. Mm. Joe, tell us about his Jesus Christ. Joe. Are you aware of Hold on. Curious? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Talk, to, talk to Michelle after the due date. She'll know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. It's going to become a favorite of yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> Joe. He has a new song called The Captain is Drunk. Well, oh, not a whole album? Not that I know of. Okay. It's just a single. Um, and it's very reminiscent of his second album, On and On, which okay. is mostly acoustic and just him yeah. which is what the song is just a jam right on. so right if that's on. if that's up your alley and then um the avid brothers released uh this land is your land by Woody oh Guthrie. that's right yeah, yeah yeah like right before the election mm-hmm. and like i just had two it or three days before the election yeah. or something right? like right yeah. at, i think it was the 30th of october is the, the release and it's just been in my head since then it's just perfect avid brothers doing an amazing song i'm not i don't dislike them but i'm not a huge fan but i liked that cover yeah a lot when you passed it on so i, I just i love their harmonies yeah oh for sure uh so you know of all the great things that happened this week uh god be praised everybody gets to hear michelle's <laughs> jammy jams even though the technical difficulties she she still gets to share her jammy jams with everybody so uh michelle tell us what's what you've been listening to so this week, much like anyone else probably who has Spotify, um, they gave you your top 20, 20 plays and whatever and whatnots. Wrapped. Sp- uh, Spotify 2020 wrapped. wrapped, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, of course, I had to check that out, which has a lot of like throwback jams from oh, this I year. This thing. <laughs> yeah. she, Michelle, Michelle thinks the machines are lying to her. <laughs> Guess on. who my top artist was for 2020? I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> so did I. I don't remember either. <laughs> Uh, it was Eminem, which I think is a lie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you, know, you were nice. hard on music to be murdered by when it came out, so I think that that's why. I feel like it's probably true, yeah. Just I feel that. like I listened to way more Ludacris than I have Eminem. Yeah, but you probably listen to more overall different songs from Eminem, too, because of listening to that one album all that's the time. probably true. Um, <laughs> so anyways, that, I'm, Eminem is not my jamma jam this week. Um, but So, so you're going to believe you, two dudes who barely can remember what was said yesterday, you're going to believe them over the robots who know for sure show me <laughs> she show was me like numbers. it did well and i mentioned this the uh, uh everyone's gonna believe not gonna believe this but my top artist for the year was michael jackson and uh my top song of the year was man in the mirror and i don't have the date exactly but there was apparently <laughs> there was apparently a day in 2020 where i listened to man in the mirror 18 times <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do man yeah i mean like it so here's me like you know because you're scrolling through it you know and the animation comes up and i was like 18, nah, that's real. <laughs> My guess is, because uh, this past year was 10 years since we lost him, if I was to guess, I would say it was probably on June 25th. Hmm. Yeah, I probably listened to it. Like, I, I probably listened to it 30 times that day, like, uh, you know, like uh, 12 of them down here on the right. turntable yeah. and the other 18 on, uh, when I wasn't in front of my turntable. Uh, so, anyways, what else What else have you got from the robots? <laughs> so, anyways, it just brought up a whole bunch of jams this year uh, from this year that I haven't listened to in a long time. There was a lot of John Mayer on it, and I appreciated that. So, uh, the three John Mayer songs were uh, Slow Dancing in a Burning Room. Jam. Uh, XO, which I realized was a cover <laughs> this year, and uh, Carry Me Away. Uh, so those are those are all my John Mayer jams for, uh, this, for the 2020, apparently. Slow Dancing in the Burning Room is one of those songs where I could take the staunchest John Mayer hater, put that song on, and by the end of it, they will be like, tell me more. Like, <laughs> for real. Yeah, it is. That album is fantastic. The record, the record, yeah. I still maintain the far superior version is on uh, Where the Light Is, the live album, but 
I mean, you still get props for putting it on. It's on yeah. Continuum originally, yes. correct? Yep. Yeah. You still just for writing that song, you get you get points. Yeah. And then the very I I maintain that if you listen to Slow Dancing in a Burning Room from Continuum, and you like it but don't love it. If you switch over to where the light is and listen to it, you'll be crying by the end yeah, of it. Where the light is is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's so good. So I gotta, I gotta give you that Blu-ray. I have that uh, yeah, Blu-ray yeah. Uh, since you have a new soundbar. Yes, yes, yes. We don't so. have a Blu-ray player. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> so was that all of your uh, uh, no? Uh, and then uh, Sleep on the Floor from Lumineers, which we oh, realized that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, from their second effort yes, right okay. 2016 so. okay yep and i still need to check out yeah. I, did you ever listen past their first record joe no see i did listen not to three. either wait 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 you said that all emphatically like that ain't my jam do, do, do you not want to hear more from the lumineers like i just no. haven't because i haven't got to it i i assumed you meant listen as in continuously listen i listened after their first record oh. it just didn't it just didn't do as much for me so i, oh. I never really oh, so gave you, it you, more you just saying michelle's music sucks okay i got it, I got it. <laughs> I got it. do you have any thoughts on dawes before we go to break michelle they're <laughs> awful I, I will say if you go on youtube and watch all of the videos that go with all of the songs from their album three, three. Mm-hmm. uh it, it's amazing it, okay they, they put a shitload of work into into putting the whole thing together no and that, it, i can appreciate that yeah, so and it makes it makes the songs mean so much more than what you would get by just listening to it. The album. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I need to do that. And then I feel like my path on that's going to be I'm going to watch YouTube, and the whole time I'm going to be like, Oh, Kyle's right. Kyle's right. Kyle's right. Kyle's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I fell into uh-huh. a quarantine rabbit hole well, when I was when I found that. I was just one after another. I was like, Oh my god. And then oh I feel god. like I'm going to buy the vinyl. And I'm going to play about half of one song and then just make people watch YouTube instead of <laughs> <laughs> listening to it. So, uh, in any case, we're going to, we're going to take a couple, uh, short break and, uh, do a couple of things. One, I'm going to check the audio and make sure that it recorded right, uh, this time. Uh, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know that, uh, Michelle's going to have a piddle. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, when we come back, we are going to get into, uh, discussing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, uh, we did have a great spirited discussion about this yesterday, but Today we get to gang up on Joe. Joke's on you. I don't have to pee. (laughs) Could you at least try? (laughs) All right. We'll be back in a second. Hopefully. Here at the 500 Section Lounge, we have a few requirements. First, you need to be able to talk about anything at all. Secondly, you need to be able to laugh, play games, and hang out with some very interesting people. From sports radio personalities to reality television contest finalists and everything in between, we talk to them all right here in the lounge. Be on the lookout for what we do next and sit back, relax, and be there to grab a listen. Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Do you like time travel? Movies? Video games? Comics? Sci-fi? Cartoons? Or how about action figures? Well, so do we. Every episode, we pick a topic from the geekosphere and have a little chat about it. So if you've been waiting for a groundbreaking podcast that does all of this and more, you might have what it takes to be a Geek Explorer. Come join us every other Tuesday for a fresh installment of Geek Exploration, the podcast. You can find us at geeksplorationpodcast.com or any reputable podcatcher likely a few unreputable ones. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there. We're BFYTW Podcast. I'm Pantsless Aaron. I'm the host. And we are three silly people playing very silly games for... Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details points that don't count for anything our permanent team captains are a veteran and a podcaster and a veteran podcaster it's stevie hey guys it's midnight smoke here i love being funny goofy and i'm here for your entertainment and his permanent opponent my oldest friend and a gamer and a storyteller it's jorge hey guys jorge here uh, hh underscore empire and i am the logical voice to this maelstrom of chaos sometimes well if you like silly people playing silly games then you want to come hang out with us at bfytw podcast every week that's BFYTWpodcast.com. And we're back in good news. The first half of the show recorded. So was that? Supposedly. Well, no, you heard it. <laughs> so that is uh that's great news. Uh and it bodes well for hopefully this half of the show being recorded as well. So we are going to get right into the main topic. It's time for the infectious room. Podcast topic of discussion. And every week I remain pleased that we haven't got caught for the copyright on any of that yet. Yeah, that so, is a, that's a... Uh, we are talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for our main topic this week. And we've got kind of a couple of different points we want to talk about the idea of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the uh, the actual place like the the museum itself and uh we're going to get into some things that people have a lot of opinions on like who should be allowed in who's been snubbed all that stuff but we'll start here and i don't have any clue what order i did anything in the first go around so we'll uh start with michelle this time it's going to be uh rock and roll hall of fame roulette what is your overall opinion of the idea of the rock and roll hall of fame i like that it's a museum of stuff but the actual hall of fame does not matter to me like i don't even a little bit even 
like if someone were like, yeah, but they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I don't care. Much like a Grammy, it doesn't matter anything to me. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot, where like, if someone was going to convince me to listen to a new artist, like that would be the last thing where I'd be, oh, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, <laughs> yeah. well yeah. hell, let Agreed. me go. You know, now, Kyle, uh, this isn't just from when we recorded this the first time. This is, uh, in life in general, we know you don't care about accolades and I, awards. See, so I'm torn. I, I do believe that people should be recognized for the great shit that they do because that's how great, more great shit happens when people like to be told that they're doing a good job mm-hmm. in general. In the same token, I, I don't believe that these assholes, specifically at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, should be telling people what's cool and what isn't. Right. Um, it, it doesn't... Uh, just and because I, you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does not actually mean anything. Well, I think the the best way to put it is what you said. I feel like it's a committee of people who have decided that they're going to come down from on high and tell us what's cool. Yeah. And I, I do... So I'm a sucker for a good uh, music museum. So mm-hmm. all of the artifacts and stuff that they have and the stuff you can look at mm-hmm. and... That shit gives me a musical boner. But, <laughs> but, uh, other than that, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me that they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, this is who deserves it this year. And this, you know, people getting snubbed. And we're probably going to have to wait at least a couple of years to see if the baby has any musical talent. But was the baby made with a musical boner? Just... <laughs> it's entirely, I mean, it's entirely between possible. Between the four of us, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Over the past couple of episodes, you've had some gems. Uh, but I'm going to respectfully ask that in the future you not refer to anything to do with the making of your baby as the four of us. <laughs> Are we good? Are we good on that? I don't want to have too much of an awkward on-air moment here. Where, but, but I want that. Com- I, I need a commitment from you that in the future you're not going to refer to the four of us with the respect to having your child. I'd and like to be removed from that. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. You're in there. Michelle, do I have your commitment? Mm. <laughs> okay. So. It, it, to answer your question, it is entirely possible that a musical boner could have been involved. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's a 50-50 chance. Yes. So. Who's musical boner? We and, um, <laughs> <laughs> could, be, could be any of the four of us. Who knows? So having said that, hey, Joe, uh, you couldn't be set up any better for your thoughts on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, it, should it exist? What, uh, like, what do you think about it? I like it more as a museum. I'm kind of in between the both of you. I, I like it as a museum of artifacts, things you can see and do and interact mm. and relive through visually. Yeah, and, and that's where I stand as well. I just I don't get the idea of telling me someone is good enough to be in, mm. but I love the idea of getting to see these like, actual artifacts. Now, I'm going to actually, I shared this story before, but I'm going to share uh, kind of a bummer that I had at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I've been there twice. Like, have you, who in the room, you guys, Michelle and Kyle, you guys have never been to no. the physical, to the place in Cleveland, no. right? Have you? I've been twice, yeah. Okay, first of all, now you can confirm this. Is it not way smaller than you think it's going to be? That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what, the, that's what it was, yes. Could be any of the four of us. Again, I don't have the boner. Uh, right. Uh, well, that's yet to be confirmed. So, But when you actually get there, you're like, is it behind that building? Like, you know, because it's yeah. just so it's a, it's a pyramid, and the main floor is essentially the store, check-in, uh, a lot of open space that's not being used very, very well. Right. And then as you get into the floors that are meaningful, it 
gets smaller. So it's- yeah, but I do. Th- now I went first in 1999, and then I went again two years ago, and I feel like it's very. Or how long ago did you go? I went in 2000, and then 2012. Okay. Oh, okay. So you've been there twice as well. So mm-hmm. did you think that it was way more organized the second time? I thought so. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Like when you went, cause I went in 99, if you went in 2000, didn't it just seem like almost here? Like you just, like we just laid out some things. Yeah. They were still know? working out the kinks of having a, a giant museum for everything. Yeah. And that, and then when you go again, it seems like there's a lot more purpose, like interactive stuff yeah. and yeah. And, and whatnot. Now the only issue, and I mean, 99 to or 99, 2000 to 15 years later, technology and things you can, things you can offer the, you the know, visitor, the visitor. Yeah. yeah. And well, like the whole top floor used to just be like, um, and here's a suit Aerosmith wore, or, yeah. you know, like here's some scarves from Steven Tyler. Whereas now it's like a whole multi, like if they, if the top floor is dedicated to Aerosmith, it's like a whole multimedia yeah, yeah, experience, yeah. which is, which is rad. Did you, have you ever heard any controversy about if their artifacts are genuine or not? I have. Okay. And I've, seen some in person where i questioned them myself you as well okay because i personally have i ever told you the, the story about seeing the elvis belt no okay so i'll try and short version this but on the cover of madison square garden elvis is wearing this gold belt that almost looks like a wrestling belt and it's not like all of his belts always matched the style of the jumpsuit that he was wearing but he this one specific belt the hilton's had made for him because of the indoor attendance record that he set the international hotel in las vegas so it kind of looks like a boxing or a, or a wrestling belt type thing and he's wearing it specifically on that show because he knows he's going to be uh but it's going to be the cover shoot for the live album, right? And there's, it's one of a kind. The Hilton's had it made for Elvis for this reason. And in 1999, we drove all the way down to Graceland and went there. And then the the next morning, got up and drove to Cleveland to see the Hall of Fame and then drove home. Mm-hmm. And Graceland had the belt on display. And so did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the next day. So Maybe you they stole transported the belt. it. Yeah, so you, so you stole the belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took all, it to the hall. All for this elaborate story, so I, could, <laughs> so I could tell it 20 years later. But and neither of them had any sort of thing that said, this is a replica, replica. of okay. or on loan. But I read through the years that a lot of those questionable things they took out. And my big experience from that is this. So when I went in 20, when I went in 1999, they had what they were claiming was the glove that Michael used on the Motown 25 special, but Michael Jackson gave that glove to Hitsville USA and it's always been on display there. Like why would Hitsville USA give that to anyone ever? Right. So when I went in 99, their Michael Jackson display consisted of that and a hat and a, and a, uh, the sequin black sequin jacket. And they were like, and this is the stuff Michael Jackson used on Motown 25. Now I hadn't been to Hitsville USA at the time. So for me, I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe they loaned it to him or whatever. But the, when I got up to the Elvis floor, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Now is anything right. here even real? But when I went back in 2018, instead of claiming they had the real beat it jacket or claiming they had that glove, they had the jacket Michael wore when he uh, recorded, we are the world, which is like a, sig- a significant step down in like, iconic but i would believe more that that's real yeah instead of them claiming that you know like oh we have this one glove that is 20 minutes from your house at all times that's you know? uh, yeah. that's disappointing i'm not down with that replica shit when well, it comes I, to that kind of stuff but like, i i'm hoping that that's less of a thing yeah now yeah you know? I'd, I'd rather it be more authentic memorabilia yeah and less iconic like like you were saying yeah like than, i would rather it being a replica of I was overjoyed to see that We Are the World jacket. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean, he was wearing that jacket when he was standing in the middle of the greatest collection of music 
stars in the history of the world. You know, that's way cooler to me than saying they're looking at a glove being like, well, I don't even know if that's the real one or not. Yeah. You know? Yep. To me, part of the, the awesome thing about that is what you know you go to an art museum and what you're looking at is something that van gogh touched his paintbrush too exactly and you're like holy shit like that's amazing the Wait, same thing goes for the music stuff music memorabilia it's, yeah. it's, it's you know they wore the jacket they use right. that mic they yeah, use if that i'm guitar. looking at the sergeant pepper outfits yeah. i want the ones they wore on i the can buy cover, i yeah. can go find a fake van gogh to hang in my house exactly. and go find a I have an exact replica yeah. of the beta jacket over there exactly I, I could, and actually we've had people on our twitter account be like is that real and i could totally be like oh yeah sure i got a real yeah, yeah it's a real one anymore video but like you know i tell people i go out of my way to be like no that's a replica yeah. I'm fr- i think museums put out replicas though do they really yeah uh, are they obligated to say it's a replica though i don't know there's there's been i've read some stories about people who've like tried to steal stuff and they're like gotcha bitch because it's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so i don't know how back. often but, it happens but but, but but your point kyle and michelle together leads me to the thing where the, the problem i have with like the hall of fame as an institution not the museum but like you don't see hall of fame for any other art like there's not a hall of fame for paintings right you know what all I mean? Hall of Fames are usually for something that has some sort of competitive nature to it. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like painting. Sporting events. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michelle, you do a lot of competitive painting. <laughs> I do, but I'm not as good as a Rembrandt or a Van Gogh, you know? Okay, so you're not in the Painting Hall of Fame? <laughs> I'm not in a museum, a.k.a. the Painting Hall of Fame. Okay, so here's the thing. Museums are not Hall of Fames. I mean, they don't hang my art in a museum because I'm not good enough because I'm not in the Hall of Fame. That's not no. There are <laughs> there are there are museums all over the world. I'm certain there's some museum that would that would uh, display your art. Huh, I'm gonna find that museum. <laughs> you guys can open one at your house. <laughs> But there just isn't, like, even for films or music, there's not, a, or music, I'm sorry, for films or, you know, like, paintings, there's not a Hall of Fame. Oscars? Yeah, but that's an awards show. Yeah, I was going to say, the Grammys Hall of Fame, if they wanted to, I don't know if there is a Grammys Hall of Fame or if there's a, a best of. <coughs> there's a Grammys Hall of Fame and the first inductee was uh, Jethro Tull. <laughs> Zing. But something like that where there is a distinct winner and it's right. it's categorized and it's cumulative. Yep. Something there's a like walk that. of fame. Yeah, but again, that's not anywhere near. But that's more of recognition. Plus, also, you, can, you pay for your own. You, you absolutely. I was, I was just going to say, they say, pay for that shit. I was, was going like, to say, you actually can have a star on the Walk of Fame. Yes. How much is it? Uh, I forget what it is. Uh, the only reason I even knew uh, about uh, paying for the whole Wall of Fame Walk of Fame, rather, was because uh, we're a bunch of Weird Al fans got together and got him a star. How do I get home. to put my face in the cement? Um, your face? <laughs> like Michael Scott. <laughs> I think you can just pour concrete any old place and do that. No, I want it at the thing. Okay. And you're, hold on, just to be clear, call, call back to the first half of the episode. You're going to be a parent? <laughs> yep. It's, it's a poor great. idea. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's a poor, poor, poor idea. So I'm only 50%. Kyle makes up for the other <laughs> right or 150 <laughs> percent yeah or 150 so we're going to move on to uh what the two topics i think are the most controversial or that you hear the most about is either snubs uh oh i can't believe this band's not in or i can't believe it took that band this long to get in wait can we back up and read the definition well, oh boy 
if I had finished my sentence. I don't let you finish. I'm <laughs> very aware of that. Uh, uh, that but, was a perfect time for a Kanye West drop, and you missed it. Yeah, I well, don't have it. Uh, yeah, oh, my Lord. The, the amount of time and energy I put into these drops <laughs> for her to see if she doesn't have it. My Dropbox is full. So, <laughs> with a baby, we know. <laughs> that is what I call my uterus. But we're also going <laughs> to... We're, we're also going to talk about uh, artists that you, you might think shouldn't be allowed in. Because I've seen that a lot, too, where they announce the inductees list and people go apeshit going, oh, my, how is that person even shouldn't even be allowed in the Hall of Fame? So we're going to talk about that. And in, as a segue <laughs> to those two things, I was going to ask you, Michelle, if you would read the criteria to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, I don't know how to read. Artists become eligible for induction 25 years after the release of their first record. Criteria includes the influence and significance of the artist's contributions to the development and perpetuation of rock and roll. So there's a lot of things to break down there. Uh, first things first, I have found, and you like, I f- feel like Kyle and Joe, you guys are going to be more up on this because you look at social media uh, <laughs> as opposed to someone else at the table who doesn't. You? As soon, <laughs> lady, as soon as an artist hits 25 years from their first release. I feel like every person who's ever bought their record immediately starts being like, they should be in the hall of fame. Like, am I wrong? Or do you guys see that out there from fan bases? Yeah, it, it does happen. Like nine inch nails, like the moment, should, the moment yeah. pretty hate machine hit 25 years. Like all of nine inch nails fans were like, they should get in right now. You know, do you see that Joe? Yeah. I, I'm not a, they're not a first ballot hall of famer to me, no. but yeah, as soon as soon as that 25 year mark comes up, they're just clamoring for it. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like that happens a whole lot like the 25 year thing seems to be the thing where like people sit and wait and they're like all right we're going to start complaining on this day you know like <laughs> yeah. uh, like that's circled that's, on their calendar we're going to start complaining yeah <laughs> we should make sure to start you know complaining about that and i also think that it doesn't just because you hit 25 years doesn't mean the rest of the description applies to you right right yeah. right so I, for me when you talk about snubs or you talk about who shouldn't be in the hall of fame the whole second half of that description matters way more to the discussion than how long you've been around. So again, the criteria includes the influence and significance of the artist's contributions to the development and perpetuation of rock and roll. I think that's enormous with who should be in or when people should have gotten in. And even if you don't care about like the hall of fame, as a whole, like we've already debated, like there shouldn't be an art hall of fame. I still think there's something to be said for like, it exists. So let's talk about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all can't, we've, I would assume if we all four had our way, like the, the actual institution wouldn't even exist. It would just be a museum. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. But it exists. So, you know, <clears throat> are there any snubs still today that you're like, I can't believe that that person's not in. Oh boy. Oh man. I feel like you're going to say one that's going to be so off base that I'm going to want to destroy the audio on my own from this half. Well, but, I have, uh, I have Michelle, a few, but oh. all right, we'll do it. Hold up now. Uh, Michelle, is there anyone you can think of Michelle that is not in that you're like, yeah, they definitely should be in Brian, Eno. excuse me one second. Everyone, every, everyone quiet down. Uh, Michelle, Brian Eno from, okay, uh, somebody read that. Uh, the cricket drop, we're missing the cricket yeah, drop somebody, again, god damn Somebody it. read an article. The Enos? Right. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember the first Enos record I bought. 
The only reason I said that is because right before the show, you guys were talking about him, and I was like, I'm going to remember that for later. <laughs> Solid. Uh, is there anybody, Kyle, that you think, oh, man, that should be, they should be in there? No, we could, uh, I, I feel like not... a lot of people you like are in, though. <laughs> like, yeah, so I just, but I don't even, I couldn't tell you who's in and who's out. I, I really don't care. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, I'm never going to be like, oh, my God, they, like, waiting for someone to. You know what? You just reminded me of, I don't think I ever did care either until people that I wanted in got snubbed. Like what, like with the big controversy with Rush, I think I, I think I just went along thinking things were right with the Hall of Fame, you know? And then like when the, when the kerfuffle came up about Rush, uh, I literally was like, wait, what? I'm just, you know, I'm like, I'm desensitized to the entire thing between, the Grammys, the Oscars, and people that I that rightfully deserve things getting snubbed constantly yeah. with stuff. I just gave up on even caring. Well, and, yeah. you know, I champion him all the time. Well, I all of us do on the show, and I know I speak for Joe as well on this. Like the fact that Weird Al's fans had to buy him a star on the, on the yeah. Walk of Fame. You know, I mean, like the, the amount of artists who get snubbed because they're not cool. You know, it's yeah. just ridiculous. What kind, of, what kind of question? Michelle has her hand raised. Um, I just wanted to know if the artifacts in the museum are from only from artists that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That I've seen, yes. Well, then, then it does matter who's in there, because I want to see some stuff from other people. Okay, well, whose <laughs> stuff would you like to see? <laughs> Solid. Joe, uh, <laughs> Joe bring, us, bring us out of the depths of this point. Who is it that you uh, had the crafty look on your face about if you say Dave Matthews Band, we're going to have a problem? No, they're eligible. Oh. They've, been snubbed. At, they, they, they've been snubbed. No, they haven't been snubbed. They just haven't been voted in. They haven't been snubbed, though. They shouldn't. They were eligible in 2019 for the first time. They should not have gotten. They're not a first ballot. And there are plenty of other acts that who, who are not in who should absolutely be in before them. I, I think they're worthy of it, but I don't think they should be in right now. Okay. Tina Turner. Oh, for sure. Tina Turner. Wait, is that, it. that's not your bombshell, is it? No. Okay. Well, yeah, well I mean, Tina Turner absolutely Tina Turner should be in the Hall of Fame. The number one on my list. I mean, she's in with Ike and Tina Turner, which is offensive. Yeah. That she's in with Ike and <laughs> yeah. Tina Turner, well, and she's not in well, on let's her Let's roll own back relations. a minute. Everything about Ike is offensive. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah, for sure. And then the fact that she's inducted with him and not on her own yes. is insane. Insane. And it's not even like she went away after then, you know, maybe had a couple of minor hits. Like this woman has had like 40 years of yeah. monster hits, you know, and I you just, because she's a woman. How is Pat? <sighs> Very well. Could be. Is Pat Benatar in? No. Okay, good. And she better not ever get in. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> sorry. Say, how is Pat sorry, Benatar sorry in? Sorry if I just offended every heartbreaker karaoke uh, artist of all time, but man, I, my thing with Pat Benatar is like, let me put aside that I don't, like her at all i'll mm. put that aside personally i, I know yes I, <laughs> I have a big problem with it me her and neil had dinner once and I, she i didn't like something she said and, uh, but anyways with pat benatar i don't the whole second half about influence and perpetuation of rock and roll like i just don't see her having done anything to inspire anybody else mm. or, or and certainly her legacy at least as far like like I was saying with Tina Turner, like Tina Turner has decades. Pat Benatar has like a square time that she was popular between like eighty two and eighty four, and that's it. And I, I mean, well, the only song I truly love by her came out like eighty seven, uh, all fired up. But no one on, but me knows that song. So uh, you know, it was not a comeback, the comeback single that she wanted. For me, I was like, oh sweet, I like Pat Benatar now. And then she didn't go anywhere, and I was like, damn it. Well, okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, but like that, I just don't. She. Isn't someone that should be in, but Tina Turner, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, who else you got? Joy Division, New Order. 
No, that's the one he was. <laughs> okay, so again, I will put all, all everything aside I've ever said negative about Joy Division and say this: Joy Division launched a million bands based on influence alone. Joy yeah, Division, absolutely, should be yeah. Uh, and I, mean, I would, I would argue, New Order's. Order, I would argue New Order's influence on anybody because. To me, New Order, and we'll come back, if you have more, we'll come back yeah. to yours in a minute. Uh, to me, New Order comes out of my personal biggest snub, which is Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk, the fact that they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a sin. Yeah. Uh, New Order, Depeche Mode, parts of Herbie Hancock's uh, later material, uh, all the way up to R- Rammstein. Like, the, Kraftwerk's influence and, and perpetuation of forward motion in rock and roll can't be understated. But I would say that New Order falls into, they were... They came out of Kraftwerk's influence. I don't think anybody was influenced by New Order. That's why I would uh, argue against them. But Joy Division, however unhappy I may be about their <laughs> existence, the, you can't argue Joy Division have launched a million bands mm-hmm. and, and, and really furthered an entire movement in a subset of rock and roll that would not exist if it were not for Joy Division. Right. As unhappy as I may be <laughs> uh, about that, it's it's a fact. Yeah. I mean, so, wait, are there's, you there's, unhappy about that? I am. I am. Okay. I feel like we're going to have one match here in a minute, but go on. Because I have one more gigantic snub. John Coltrane. Oh, no. Okay. I didn't have that. But yeah. Yeah. I would, absolutely. I mean. That's ridiculous that he's not in. I, I That's one. I, like when you just said his Pat Banatar in, like I would have just yeah. assumed. That uh, Coltrane. I mean, do you it. think that's rock and roll? Absolutely. John Coltrane has influenced rock and roll. Players. Nope that's not the that's not the definition. Did, did you did you not just read it? The second half of it was their influence on the. Well, hold on. So hold on. Save, of, save mm-hmm. this part of this argument for we're going to get into who shouldn't be in, uh, and we'll we'll get into that. Next. All right, I'm raring to go. Yeah, old man, <laughs> there's going to be a fight. Miles Davis uh, is in. What the hell is John well, Coltrane what's, on the well, What's funny, for? though, is yesterday when we did the first take of this episode, there was like when we got to the who shouldn't be in, the general consensus was like, I don't know, I guess everybody should. And it's funny <laughs> that now Michelle's like, no, wait a minute, not that guy. <laughs> so uh, do, you, do you have any others that should be in? Because if you don't have any more, I got one that you I got one more. Okay. The Smiths. Oh, no, absolutely not. And, uh, <laughs> okay, so I don't have any more. Absolutely not. And, uh, again, though, with the, with the Smiths, for me, though, is, is like, yes, their legacy is huge. But I, I would argue that many people weren't that influenced by the Smiths. Really? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I, again, I, again I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for some Smith site to find our show and tell me I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> like I'm I'm open to that. But uh, the MC5, so so, MC5, bro, how are yeah. the MC5 not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Let's, before they, we even continue talking about the Smiths, let's just put some MC5 on it. They should be. Wayne Kramer yep. and the MC5 kick out the jams. The original Motor City Bad Boys, like, launched a million two still launching bands is that what mc stands for yes motor city, the yeah. motor city five yes michelle who's lived <laughs> in detroit her entire life yes the mc5 stands for the motor city five you know we should have a segment it, of what did michelle learn today like uh if you like the white stripes if you like rage against the machine uh, like they're a founding father of punk yeah i mean if you like any punk band mm-hmm. ever you have the mc5 to thank for that and i how how are the mc5 not in the rock and roll hall of fame i do not and it's nothing to do with being from detroit yeah. it's, it has to do with which by the way did you know kyle that they're called the motor city five <laughs> it's strange did you know that <laughs> strange facts it's weird and uh but you know just to clarify i'm just not like because if i you know i'm not the guy it's like oh bob Seger should be in because you know i'm not a big bob Seger fan i don't care what? where he's from but like the mc5 like they're they're just a cornerstone of yeah. rock and roll like they launched an entire genre they uh, so many bands of different kinds like if you you listen to rage and then you listen to mc5 you might 
might not put that connection together. But if you talk to the four guys in Rage, yep. they're going to be like, hey, let me tell you why we picked up an instrument. Yeah. Wayne Kramer and the MC5. That's how I feel about uh, snubs. And then there's other little things, too. I have problems with uh, how they decide what members of which bands get to get in. Which is how. Through. Exactly. Yeah. And who knows? Selling well, they, t- selling selling tickets, tickets to an expensive spaghetti dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making sure everybody gets that expensive spaghetti hands. <laughs> But yeah, I just, you know, the thing where the two biggest examples I always come to is with GNR because they thought they could sell tickets. They were trying to force a GNR reunion of guys who were only in GNR for five years and they didn't want to let in the guys who had been in GNR for three times that long, you know, like, which is ridiculous. Uh, And then Van Halen, they wanted to let in Sammy and Dave, but not Gary Sharon because Gary Sharon's not cool enough for them. So what happened with that? uh, They inducted everybody except for Gary Sharon. Can't you just say no? Like, couldn't they band together and be like, no? uh, Fun fact, Axl Rose is the only artist in history to turn down his induction in the Rock and Roll Fame. So Guns N' Roses is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but Axl Rose is not. Hmm. He wrote a surprisingly well-worded letter. Wait, did he actually wrote it? Uh-huh. Yeah, like he. No, trust me, it rambles enough to where I tell you for sure it's Axel. But uh, he just wrote a very well-worded letter and was like, "Yeah, no, I'm like he didn't just not show up. Like like when uh, Van Halen got inducted, uh, Alex and Edward Edward didn't go to the actual ceremony because they had a problem with uh, Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar at the time, and they were not interested in being like, we're gonna f- fake our way through this." You know, right. so they didn't go. Axel just didn't just not go. He's turned down his induction straight up. <laughs> so he's the only person to ever be nominated to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and turn it down. So if you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and they list off the like Gilby Clark is listed as being inducted with Guns N' Roses and Axel Rose is not. So, you know, for all the crap Axel takes and I'm usually driving that bus, like I'm usually driving the, the Axel uh, crap bus, but uh <laughs> that uh, that's a that's that's an integrity move, you know? That makes it sound like you drive a bus full of Axel Rose crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The four of us do. <laughs> <laughs> so, shit yep. uh, so now we're we're gonna we're gonna go over to michelle's strong argument about artists who shouldn't be allowed in and the, the reason, rules so hold on. <laughs> the, the reason why i bring this up is because the the two that i saw no four sorry that i've seen where they were on the list and people went nuts like we're just like oh my how dare you was uh janet jackson Whitney Houston, Biggie Smalls, and Run DMC. All four of those people lost their mind. Is like, Tupac was in there too? I believe Tupac, Tupac is in. Yeah, is yeah. I, I was going to say that if Biggie was in and Tupac wasn't, then that's horseshit because they were well, they're both as influential. See Tina Turner at the same it's yeah, East Coast at bias, the, man. Yeah, at the same time, they were both as then they both have, have have been as influential as each other on the industry. I heard about West Coast bias once on the BET Awards. Holy cow! <laughs> I, that's a you almost saw Snoop Dogg get killed oh, on live television. God, yeah. uh, but people just get so mad about rap artists being in there and like Janet Jackson is a pop artist and obviously Whitney Houston is as well. But for me, it comes back to uh, the criteria and rock and roll being born out of rhythm and blues and jazz. Basically, the two genres being mix mashed together to make rock and roll. So if you have anything in your repertoire that comes from those things, to me, you should you should go in. It's it's always strange for me when people mention that uh, people of color shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame for the for uh, yeah. the genre. They shouldn't that they be deserving of anything. Yeah. Right? Well, That's, yeah. Makes uh, no sense. Hey, speaking of people saying that about people of color, Michelle, uh, talk to us about why uh, John Coltrane shouldn't be in. <laughs> Those are not the rules. 
That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it's, have anything to do with what color you are. Uh, no, of course not. I'm kidding. Yeah, I should back you up. Your pants. I, could, I should back up and say that to everybody. Michelle, in no way, shape, or form, said something bad about people of color. I was absolutely joking. What I'm saying is, like, Coltrane is, I mean, a jazz institution, and jazz is what helped form. But it's rock not the the what influenced rock and roll Hall of Fame. It's uh, the rock and roll Hall of Fame. Joe? You want to take this from here? What the, that you just repeated part of the criteria yeah, part for of the being criteria. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is to perpetuate the rock and roll. Is not to just influence the rock, the, and, the, roll. The rock and roll. <laughs> yes. Is the word influence not in the criteria? For the future, not for the past. You who can't influ- be, who <laughs> influences the past? I don't know. John Coltrane. <laughs> what? Are you sure you don't have like she set her DeLorean for a second? <laughs> But my point is that he's heavily into a genre that rock and roll would not exist without. That's great. That's not the criteria. <laughs> she's what? following that. She's following the rules to the letter. So you're talking about okay. So let me uh, let me try and do this. Okay. So you would say Run DMC could be in because yes. they influenced Faith No More, Rage Against the Machine, and Corn. Absolutely. Okay. But Biggie Smalls should not be in because he hasn't. I don't know. I, like I don't know enough. Like you, you are. You guys We're are talking very about much... your rules, lady. No, no, I didn't make the rules. The rules are on the paper. Well, hold on. We're talking about the rules you want to follow. No. So, like, I don't know. Who, has Biggie Smalls influenced any rock and roll? I has don't know. John Coltrane? But John Coltrane <laughs> is not rock and roll. And neither, neither is, is Biggie, Biggie Smalls. Smalls. Or Run DMC. Uh, I would say Run DMC could be a little bit of rock and roll. <laughs> little, when when they bit, team up with Aerosmith, yeah, a rock and, yeah, a rock and yeah, roll band. Go. Yeah, well, no, they even before and after that, they, Run, Run, DMC, Run DMC used a lot of... Rock in yeah, the samples, for sure. But they're a rap artist, but they influenced going forward. So Kyle's point of if Coltrane influenced rock artists, you, you can't say you don't know who Biggie influenced if you equally don't know who John Coltrane influenced. It is not me who's deciding. I'm just <laughs> saying these are the rules. What? You're then, the one then none of those people get to be allowed in. Okay, take them all out. Oh. <laughs> Wait, hold on, real quick. What do, you, what do you mean those people? Yeah. <laughs> Who, who is them? <laughs> you know what I mean. Joe, your thoughts on this whole situation? I think what's great is, I mean, obviously you can't see this when you're listening to the show, but Joe's like uh, bellied up to his mic like three times, and then he like keeps going back to think more, and then like get, snugs up on his mic, and then he's like, wait a minute. And every time Michelle opens her mouth, it makes Joe rethink his point. So, Joe, Joe, tell us what you think. I don't know where you're coming up with any of this. It's in the rules! I, I really don't. I mean... You read the rules a half hour ago, and yeah. now you're changing them. No. You're omitting the word influence. Can No, that's... For the record, can you restate the rules for everyone? So then if, if influ- I feel like influence I'm, is... I feel like I'm commentating a sports thing. Kyle has asked for a rule read. <laughs> we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification while the officials... So, sh- so should, the, should the inductees who are already in be polled on their influence... And then just we're just going to go from that group then. What the group you you want influence right? So you want you want tangible. I don't influence. want anything. <laughs> this is just the rules. Reread the rules. <laughs> Artists become eligible for induction twenty five years after the release of their first record. Criteria include the influence and significance of the artist's contributions to the development and perpetuation of rock and roll. 
Okay, so jazz helped develop rock and roll. Period. Hard stop. There There's, would there would be no rock and roll if there were no jazz. So Therefore, then, yes, then the jazz. I'm not making the rules. I'm just saying you're the one that wants to stick to the rules. Exactly. I'm, not, but I'm not the one who makes the rules happen. <laughs> I'm not the judge and jury. I don't know why this is what I think. You, from what I've read of the the uh, council of people that makes up the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you could be. I could yeah. be, yes. Hell, they might even hear this and be like, that's our girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's who we're looking for right there. It's like in an office space. They're like, now hold up, Peter. Now that's a straight shooter. <laughs> like, they're going to they're gonna hear Michelle be like, now that's a girl who knows it, what she's doing. It is strange to me that the people that you mentioned about people always getting all pissed off that are able to be in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. are all people of color. And yeah. that is where all of this began. All, all, all no, exactly. the music comes from that direction. Yeah. Mm. So you, you can't. That doesn't. That doesn't work that way. You, you either don't know what you're o- talking about. The only one I personally have ever been like, mm, I don't know, is is Janet, I, because I, really? I outside of Black Cat, she doesn't have anything. Like any real, rock, I mean, Nuno Betancourt played on Black Cats. So that's a rock song. Like, I don't care what they do. You got Nuno Betancourt on your song. You got a rock song. But nothing she's done have I, like, it was rock or was, have I ever seen an artist since who's been influenced by her? Like, like I, you can name 10 acts who, rock acts who have taken a lot from Michael Jackson's pop career. So he should be in alone before you even worry about his music is more rock based than, than Janet's. Right. And just to be clear, I'm not insulting Janet or anything. I'm just like, I am saying like, as an artist, I don't think she, she's the one that I was like, mm, I don't think you fit the criteria. And so you know? if you go beyond that, how, how can there be an organization that recognizes one genre of music right. and nothing else well and, and then it says oh you guys had no nothing to do with any of this stuff that's going on yeah, you can't be in here and a lot of people have that line of thinking is out there too that it, they should just switch it to right. the, the music mean, hall of yeah. fame it can be just well, I mean, country yeah. country music has theirs country right. music has well that's uh, more than one standard you can say that right yeah. but i mean they have they recognize their own right. so you don't see a lot of country acts in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You, there are some, but there, it, there's not as many as there possibly could be if country didn't have their own thing. Right. Yeah. So now the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is essentially a catch-all for everything that filters out of that. Right. So you have rap, you have jazz, you have rock and roll, pop, things like that. So I think the naming convention, rock and the Rock and Roll Hall is of the, Fame, is the issue. Is that the is issue. the problem. Yes. Because uh, yeah. John Coltrane is worthy of recognition within the... V- Within music, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So 100%. whether it's, the, I mean, like that's how three of us feel. But go on. <laughs> so, but I mean, the, in the, I think people get hung up on the rock and roll Sorry, part. I, on the, I cracked myself up with that. Go on. On the rock and roll part. Yeah, oh, for sure. And rock and roll is influenced by much more than just previous rock and roll. So mm-hmm. they're they're taking everything and filtering it into what the, what sound they're going to make. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't create something that is a mixture of everything and say that th- these things don't fit in even though that it's all a part of the same thing. Right. And they talk a great deal at the at, almost at every one of their dinners and at for sure at the museum all over they keep talking about the great melting pot that is rock. But then it's like, well, we, we want these ingredients and not those. Let me, you know what? Let me shift it completely off of a person of color. Let's put it this way. Every argument that I just made about Janet Jackson could be made about Britney Spears and she can, she's eligible in like six years. Yeah. And then, and then when she does eventually get inducted or whatever, people aren't going to give a shit. Yeah. Well, if, if Britney Spears goes into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Kraftwerk, I riot. <laughs> like, right. That's my, taken you, six years. <laughs> if you take out the rock and roll part, then everybody that we mentioned, 
Right, like that's what I'm saying. Is people belongs. get hung up on the rock and roll naming convention? Well, I, yeah, that's because that's what it's called. Well, I know. <laughs> it, it, it goes. It, it almost defeats its purpose yeah. in its name. Yeah. I so I I feel like the conclusion all of us came to first things first is that we all love the idea of the museum. Yeah. For, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like going there and seeing artifacts and whatnot. I mean, Michelle, you have Hitsville USA is one of the best museums in the history of music, right? Twenty minutes from our house and you've been there how many times? Fourteen, fifty oh wait, zero? Zero, zero times. I thought about it going one time. <laughs> oh, she thought about it. Sweet. So you're going to hop in the car and drive two hours and go to uh, Cleveland and see the rock and roll Maybe. famous thing. Uh, what you got to do before 5 p.m., by the way, because that's the most, it's the the greatest part of the rock and roll hall of fame is that it closes at 5 p.m. every day. Make sure to call and ask what replicas they have on display before you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, but that's because they have to rock and roll all night and part of every day. And just part of every yeah. day. Yep. That's, that, yeah. They got to make sure they're closed in time to start the rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. Nothing says rock and roll like getting home in a decent hour, getting a good meal and a good night's sleep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so good news about this. Uh, the, the new version of our episode is quite a bit longer than the, the first one. But we also didn't have the weird John Coltrane argument in the, <laughs> in the first uh, part of the uh, first version of this. For next week, it's uh, kind of tentative right now, so I don't want to say exactly what. But I believe next week we are going to have an interview with a member of a band who is a very much a rock and roll hall of fame inductee so is he inducted i will have to look that up i know he was very much part of the induction itself but i don't know if it was uh his name was mentioned or if he was actually inducted into the hall of fame but i will find that out because next week i'll include it in the intro or not (laughs) (laughs) hall of fame member or highly uh uh, uh, highlighted (laughs) uh, in the rock and roll hall of fame so that will be coming up next week uh joe thanks for uh pitch hitting and uh, helping us out with the second version yeah thanks Uh, for having me i'm gonna uh, make sure this is good, and if not, we're going to do it a third time. It's going to be even more fun. That's the third what you time. think. We're going to st- <laughs> we're, we're going to start it right off the third time with uh, all right. So John Coltrane. <laughs> Without music, life would be a mistake. Bye. 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 See ya. The Infectious Groove Podcast is hosted by Russ Robinson, Kyle Wimple, and Michelle Kasalecki. Produced and edited by Russ Robinson. Intro and outro music composed by Chris Kimmel. Opening credits read by Stacy Robinson. Recorded with a Rode Podcaster Pro and Rode Pod mics. <laughs>